Hi, I'm Tom Coffin, CEO and President and Co-Founder of Simply Reliable Incorporated. Welcome to the Smartpreneur Podcast. What's a smartpreneur, you might ask? Well, a smartpreneur, in our opinion, is someone that focuses on working on their business, not just in their business. And our Smartpreneur Podcasts are designed to bring you some relevant information each week about your business and different parts of that business. It could be marketing, it could be workflow, it could be labor, uh, it could be business operations, many things that we'll talk about each week on the podcast. You can also check out our Smartpreneur blog at simplyreliable.com. And of course, our Smartpreneur podcast is brought to you by Simply Reliable, makers of Smart Office and Design Machine, the complete end-to-end -end solution for business process for systems integrators. So thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the show. On this week's Smartpreneur podcast, our guest is Roberto Lewis. Roberta is the founder of Roberta Lewis & Associates, with many years of experience with the CBA channel. Please welcome Roberta Lewis. Well, welcome, Smartpreneurs. Look who we have with us today. We've got Roberta Lewis. Hi, Roberta. Hi, Tom. How are you? Ah, fantastic. How about yourself? I'm good today. Thanks. Great, great. Uh, you getting ready for the end of the year? Uh, I can't, you know, I'm knee-deep in CES already, but uh, <laughs> go right up, go right into CES. Yep, yep. So, Smartpreneurs, uh, uh, Roberta dropped a new uh, Smartpreneur blog this week, and it's called Seeding, Cultivating, and Growing a Passionate and Caring Workforce. So we're going to ask her some questions about that and ask her to maybe open up a little bit further and, and uh, go a little bit deeper with her thoughts on the subject. So, Roberta, this week on uh, the Smartpreneur blog, uh, you wrote about learning lessons from failure. And, you know, we've been taught to seek success, 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 you know, mm -hmm. growing up. But uh, what we've really learned is that you really don't learn much from success. You learn a lot from failure. You know, Edison had a great quote that said, well, I now know 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb, right? <laughs> so, so this might sound like kind of a strange question, but what's your relationship with failure? You know, and how, how have you used it to learn and grow and manage? Well, I've been in business, you know, in this industry for 40 years, so I've experienced a lot of failure. You can't be in business and succeed without failure. You know? And there are little fears or they're bigger fears, you know. What's important is you can't, you just need to learn from each failure. And I think what's hardest for each of us is to be accountable for that failure. Um, and um, that, that's a tough one, is to be accountable and then to make changes to where you don't continue or don't train your people to follow the same patterns of what you do. So um, the importance with, uh, with failure in people, uh, I remember early on, I learned how to treat people and to manage by mainly, like everybody does, by the way I was treated and managed coming up the chain in business. Uh, when I was hired for my first big job, the one I had for 20 years, uh, I was in an entry-level position. And I remember the girls that I worked for, they gave me every piece of work they didn't want to touch. 
anything that nobody wanted to do. You know, like I hadn't filed for a year. It <laughs> was a pile that was taller up to my arms of spreadsheets that had to be filed. And I thought, oh my gosh, no, really? You know, so anyway, I, that was my first lesson was, you know what, don't, don't give, give the worst jobs to the first person in the door, you know, um, because yeah. that, that's not a good way to bring somebody into a company. You know? <clears throat> yeah. And I think that as, a, as we grow, we tend to do that. You know, I go back to that word that I hated that I used to, as people call them gophers, go do this, go do that, you know, but uh, it's really important for the people growing aspect that you respect them and respect their job and, and nurture them and bring them up to not feel like they're an underling or that they're inferior to anybody else. And, you know, our organization and every sales organization, the top salesperson is the prima donna. You know? he's, he's the king, you know, right. um, and that culture has to change, you know, because that's just not healthy. You know, it's good to have a competitive nature. But it's really good to know that that person has a force behind him for him to accomplish that. And that everybody has that path. They can follow that same path to be the top, but it takes time. So it's really just making sure that you nurture what's around the people that are around you and help grow them and treat them well. That's what that's what I do. That's what I have always done. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Makes and sense. It, 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 it'll surprise you because your people will start act, they'll start acting like you you know um i had one manager one time just real quick he uh i was out of town and there was a situation that came up and, you know he, he i said well what did you do he said well i thought what would roberta do and you know he goes i might not have given him that but i knew that you would have given him that and taken care of the customer uh that meant everything to me that he said that you know yep. I, I didn't need to be there he just knew that he should do the right thing, you know, even though he didn't want to do the right thing. <laughs> so that, that, that game, yeah, I was like, yeah, something's working. <laughs> so anyway, little, little tidbits you learn. You learn a yeah. little tidbits, you know. <laughs> well, you know, as painful as it is, uh, you know, personal failure is probably where we learn the most. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, when one starts to manage people, uh, would you talk uh, a little bit about the push-pull nature of motivating people, you know, versus micromanaging them and the potential outcome, you know, that, that both of those things can cause, you know, kind of the cause and effect of, of doing either of those? You know, it's, it's really important to, know, important to know the role of each job, you know, and, and the approach and the tactics of each completes to finish that job. I learned, I learned the hard way uh, about making sure the right person's in the right job. Um, I had a really talented person that we had put in as, as a manager once. And, uh, it, he was a complete catastrophe. You know, he just, that just wasn't his fit. And anyway, and I did not want to let him go. But, you know, when you rise in the ranks and you move people up, they can't go, usually they, they don't want to go down, right? So you're at risk of losing a person. But anyway, figured out that this person loved computers, ended up sending him to, he went to Microsoft school on the side, and he ended up being our full-time IT person. So uh, excellent, excellent at what he did, you know, but having him in the wrong role. So I think what's 
important when you're assessing people and coaching them is to make sure that they have one, the desire, the passion, and the ability to do the job you're putting them to. You know, we just tend to use this path. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, you keep moving. Um, and that's not always the, the right path in, in, in management and growing an organization. You got to look at the skill set. And more than the skill set is just their desire and their passion. If they don't like what they're doing, then they're going to do a mediocre job, you know? So it's yeah. really important to uh, kind of work with the key managers, but know your people, know what they like, know what they do. And then kind of assess, are they doing, you know, you can't measure everybody on the same plate. You can't, you know, each person's, uh, I'm talking about, you look at sales, you look at a spreadsheet. Okay, this is the top guy. You know, that doesn't mean he's the top guy, you know, and I learned this by doing brand analysis, you know, and we would see who was selling what lines. And you would have one guy that you might look at as being the mid guy in your chain, but he was selling 40% of my Macintosh yet. I was like, oh, he's not, he's not the low guy, <laughs> you know. So Highest profitable person, yeah. You need to look at your measurements. You don't have one measurement. So it's really important, especially in sales, to look at different variables to why this person succeeding at this level and your top guy's not, right? Why is that my top guy, my top Macintosh guy? You know? yeah, yeah. Well, because he doesn't like it, you know. And it's, sometimes it's just simple as that, you know. It's a personal preference. Well, get over your preference. You know, we got to But uh, anyway, it's just really important to know your people, you know. And as we yeah. grew from, you know, 50 people to 260 people, you've got to rely on the management levels below you to do the same level of, of management and the management sure. below them. So it really has to be the culture of the company. And you do that by making sure that you're in tune with your managers and then with the people below them. Um, you don't want to lose new people. It's too hard and too expensive to bring in new people and build them again and again and again. It's 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 hard. Um, and um, I mean, you get a good salesperson. You might have to go through five to get somebody comparable to them to even you know reach eighty percent of their their levels. So <clears throat> I just think what. Invest in what you have, you know, look at, take every person on your staff right now and look at them individually and see where their strengths are and even look at where their weaknesses is, but don't call out their weaknesses. Work personally to see how you can improve those weaknesses without calling them on the carpet, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, it's not easy. It takes a lot of time. So Yeah. Yeah. Good thoughts. Um, you know, I, I was going to ask you about uh, uh, a situation with a with an employee uh, as my last question for you on this, but uh, something I think is is even more relevant about what you've been talking about, uh, and and just kind of looking at over again the just the name of the blog, and that is it strikes me that that uh, when you were searching for people, you were probably really good at at hiring the right person for the organization, not necessarily the right person for that specific job. In other words, you hire the the uh, hire them for their talent, not specifically because uh, they're going to move this widget, you know, from from left to right or or whatever. And then you can find a place for them in the in the organization 
if you hire good people. Uh, can you can you talk to that level of experience? Well, you don't really know you've hired good people to work for them for a while. Resumes can be very foolish, <laughs> as well as personal references. But you know, we live, we work in a small space for the most part. We're in a little, you know, we all know each other for the most part. So if you're yeah. not hiring somebody that you know of from the industry, you're bringing them in and up, right? So, um, and you don't really get to know the people that you work for until time. It takes time to work with them. Um, but learn as much as you can in the hiring process is the first thing I would do as I would call for references to make sure that you've got a good solid person, you know, high integrity, high work ethic. Uh, but you really don't know until you're working with them. But what, what, the, what, what the most difficult thing is, is having enough time, right? Mm -hmm. and, Back in my retail days, I was very fortunate because I was a, a single. So I could work, you know, six and a half days a week and, you know, 14 hour days. Um, but you can't expect your staff to work at that level. Owners work at that level. Right. But you can't, ex unless they've got some type of ownership. And that, and it, the, the leadership drives that because most of the time when I was working at that level, my top people were working with me at that level. And then we had one that had a family and everybody would kind of look at him badly because he wasn't. And I would tell him, you know, that's not fair. You know, uh, we have different circumstances, you know, and it doesn't mean that he's doing less of job than we are. We just, you know, don't have a life and he, and he doesn't have a life. <laughs> but uh, it's really important to not uh, do exactly what I was saying with that person. Uh, because you can't, not everybody can do that. You know, you've got kids in school and you've got games at night, you know, retail is retail, but you still have to make some concessions for people and good people. They need that. They need to know that you care and that you're invested in their families as well as you're invested in their careers. Right. Um, but it's just, you know, and it's hard to just, when you're new, it's hard to learn these things, you know, 25 years into it. Yeah. I can see it clearer. But going through it, you're going to fail and you're going to lose people and you're yep. going to hire people and you're going to do it again. And then you see the pattern and then you start changing yourself, you know, and then you teach those lessons to the people that work for you so that they, too, can and then let them share. Don't let them be afraid to say, look, I lost this guy. and It was totally my fault. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that because that shows us what we can improve on. Uh, yep. Maybe another manager could learn from him. You know, I had good managers. I had horrible managers, ones that were just hard on people. And people would say, oh, you don't know what this person does. And I would have to kind of intervene without approaching that person head on. Just really see, was he not talking right to people? Was he, you know, so the more, the bigger you are, the more of those problems are going to be hidden from you. So you just got to make sure you get out there and that you stay in tune to try to hold that culture together because that culture is everything. It is everything. You did. You did. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you, Roberta. It's been uh, very informative today. Smartpreneurs, yeah. I hope you got uh, something out of uh, today's uh, message. I think it was, it was dynamite. Again, thanks, Roberta. Okay. Uh, Smartpreneurs, uh, you can catch up on the on the, all the Smartpreneur blogs by going to simplyreliable.com and clicking on resources. You'll also find the podcast there. And of course you can find the Smart Partner 
Of course, you can find the Smartpreneur podcast any place that you listen to podcasts out there. And uh, if you'd like to get a hold of Roberta, maybe utilize some of her uh, great talent for uh, PR and for marketing. Uh, Roberta, what's the best way for them to reach out and find you? So my email is uh, Roberta at RobertaLewis.com. Pretty easy. And my website is the same, RobertaLewis.com. And you don't have to call me to hire me. You can if you have any questions. I'm happy to be resourceful. Great, great. All right, Smartpreneurs, thanks for joining us. Have a great week and uh, keep on selling, keep on cooking, keep on making it good. And we'll see you next week on the Smartpreneur Podcast. Bye, everybody. Amen.